Podcast Network. What were you listening to before I got here? Uh, I was listening to a, I was mainlining a uh, 80s metal playlist. Um, had some good stuff and had some stuff where I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Like, you know, I always forget about, but I actually really like, mm. I don't like Dave Mustaine as a person and therefore I kind of like never really listened to Megadeth. Yeah, fair. Um, but sells but who's buying is like a really fucking good song and record and they played that and i was like oh i do like this song a lot it's just weird it's it's like suicidal tendencies kind of mm. where it's like almost avant-garde and how little it gives a shit about traditional like rhymes and whatever like the lyrics to that to, to peace sells but who's buying are like what do you mean i'm you know i don't pay my bills i'm broke aren't i like that's a whole that's like a whole line it doesn't yeah. rhyme with anything it's just no. like it's it's cool and uh, it's it's really weird the first time you listen to it and it's great every time after that i'm not really a fan of dave mustaine either but i do look like him in the morning <laughs> like every morning i can see that yeah um You're like and i hate metallica <laughs> well just like him there's um, a really funny photo from years and years ago at one of the venues in philly and somebody got a photo of Dave Mustaine looking wistfully at the Metallica tour poster that was hung up. <laughs> like, and it's like the funniest thing if you know his whole deal. Like, he uh, he auditioned to be in Metallica, and he, I, I get the impression he might have thought it was like a done deal. Because he was a very talented musician, right. musically, like technically. And he was like, I want to be a songwriter, so like, I'd be an asset and everything. And then he didn't get the gig. And he was really, like, really put off by it for a long time. And, like, I guess used to, like, rip them in the press and stuff. And and it was, like, a long-standing feud. I have no idea if they've even addressed it or buried the hatchet or whatever. But you know what? Y'all are all old now. And all of you stopped being cool the minute Lars was concerned about Napster. Sorry. Well, yeah, that's true. It's just you, you can't be fucking, like, cool metal guys and be like, but the royalties. It's like, I just, I get it. But also, like. I get it, but it's not very metal. Right. Lars is a whiner, though. He is. One of my favorite memes of all time is a Metallica meme. About Lars? No, no. It's about the... It's it's a photo of them, you know, because they're all... They're rich. They're rich guys now. They're mm-hmm. wealthy dudes. So they can shop at, like, cool boutiques. Uh-huh. And um, it's them in, like, you know, probably, like, the 2000s, mid-2000s, coming out of, like, somewhere on Rodeo Drive. Oh, I've like, seen this. Little bags yep. of... Um, <laughs> clothing and whatever uh and it says bargains imprisoning me all that i see absolute savings what a great deal what a great find look at these jeans damn i look sexy as hell oh my god (laughs) whoever wrote that like i just want to mail you five dollars steel dragon the whole way here so this is your audition for the podcast i guess well i mean i don't know if i can do stand up and shout but i think you could i I was like i was making coffee by the way i like my coffee just like i like my metal um with a little bit 
of whole milk. I should really, with my, like, agita, I should really be doing, like, 2% or skim, but, like, I just can't. I like the, the fat content. It, it, it tastes better. It feels better. A um, little bit of uh, locally sourced honey because it contains the same sort of pollens that are in the air around here, so it actually helps uh, tamp down my allergies. And um, fiber powder because, you know, as you get older, you got to stay regular, so. Just like your metal. Just like my metal. Yeah, man. <laughs> Good for you. Um... <laughs> But now I was, I was heating up water because I, I do cold brew also for the agita. It's less acid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was heating up water to put with my cold brew. And uh, I was listening to Rat round and round. And I was like, yeah, this song yeah. fucking slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I might have seen this. I don't know, though. I didn't remember the very ending or the very beginning. But a lot of the middle seemed pretty familiar. But it's also kind of standard, like, rock doc stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a story you've seen a million times. Weren't we just talking about uh, Behind the Music? Beck? Weren't we talking about that recently? Not me. No? Yeah, Behind the Music covers a lot of this sort of thing. Yeah, well... And it covered this story, I believe. Yeah, well, because it's it was originally supposed to be about Rob Halford. Yeah, well, yeah, Tom... It was... It's Tim, sorry. Tim Ripper Owens. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, an Akron, Ohio guy who was in a couple of bands, but one of them was a Judas Priest tribute band, and... He did a good enough job that basically this the plot of this movie happened. And, and they were like, hey, you want to try out for the gig? And he got the gig. And he was in Priest for years. Yeah. I'm very firm about this. You can't be the same band without the same lead singer. The Doors reformed with Ian Astbury from The Cult. And they right. called him The Doors to the 21st Century. Yeah, it was too long. Themselves. Too long. It's a terrible name. You can replace anybody in the band as long as they're not an integral part of the process. But, like, somebody has a very specific style. Fieldy from Korn. Right. That slap bass thing. Like not, you know, not that maybe he didn't originate it or whatever, but like it's a very specific style to that band. So if Fieldy was like, I'm out. Yeah. Start a new band. Right. I agree. A lot of times the person that is hardest to replace is the lead singer. It's the face of your band. Yeah. It's the voice. It's it's what people people hear, you know, as much as the music. Like, well, and mostly what they see. Bands are hard. I've been in bands. Bands are tough. It's there's so many. Moving. If you've ever tried to get a number of your friends together to do anything, you have just an inkling of how annoying and complicated it is. But then for it to be a creative endeavor where you're asking them to put effort in. Consistently? Yes, consistently. And some of it is boring, very repetitive effort. You know, like maybe they all are totally down to write songs, but like practicing a song, that's that's like pulling teeth sometimes. I And sometimes you can't even really quite explain it. It's just not hitting it. And there's a thing in this where they're like... You know, the bass, can you make it more... I forget what word he uses, but, like, you know... Oh, he says it's too pingy or something? Yeah, and he's like, he's like, can you make it more, like, bestial, more urgent, or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, sounds pretty bestial in here. And he's like, all right, well, maybe it's an EQ thing. We'll, we'll work on it. Take five minutes, you know? Oh, right. And it's like that kind of thing where you can't quite put your finger on it, but, like, it's just not... It's not doing what I want it to do. It's not sounding how I imagined it sounding. And it's hard sometimes to articulate that. Hello, excellent humans! <laughs> Hello, excellent humans! <laughs> Welcome to another <laughs> throat shredding, pants stuffing. Oh yes. <laughs> installment of Hate Watch Great Watch. Happy New Year. Oh yes. This is a way to start the new year. It really is. Holy shit, 2023. 2023, the year of Steel Dragon. The <laughs> year of our Lord Steel Dragon. <laughs> the year of our Lord Steel Dragon. <laughs> Lonely I'm going to do that a little bit. <laughs> I wish y'all could see this getup Hunter is in. You will see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He leaned into it. I look like pro wrestler Warhorse. That's what I look like. 
Warhorse, come on the show, Challenger. He'd probably be really fun. This is definitely a wrestling podcast. I, it's it's a secret wrestling podcast, yeah. We have ma- many diverse interests. Mm. I'm joined today, once again, by special co-host, Tina Dillon. Ah, thank you. And That's I, nice. your co-host, Hunter Bush. Uh, Allison is on tour with her band. What would her band be called? Silver Armadillo. <laughs> Silver Armadillo. What are they? What's their genre? Psych folk. Oh. They probably have like an electric slide guitar. Okay. Probably stand up bass. All right. Fieldy's playing it. He's on tour with her. Corn is opening for them every night, but she can't see them. <laughs> it's a joke for her. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's a long-standing joke that Allison has corn blindness and cannot see corn. Like the vegetable? Like the vegetable, but I literally can't remember how it came up. Years ago, I made like a birthday card or something or whatever, and it had like a fake contact your physician sort of ad. If you can't see corn? Yeah, you might be one of the... And I looked up at the time, like, the population of Philadelphia, and it was like, you know, 161,000, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, one in 161,000 people are afflicted with corn blindness. I took a photo from a magazine of a cornfield, and I cut out the silhouette of a cob of corn. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an inside (laughs) joke that has persisted forever and ever. That's a joke for her. Um, Here in spirit, Allison. That's right. Tina, we, we, we were like, you know, we should we should really get back to basics on this podcast. What have we not done in a while? I was going to lose my title as the resident Wahlberg expert. Yeah, Wahlbergologist. So we had to do this. It was an obligation. And let's unleash the steel dragon. Unleash the steel dragon. Unzip, <laughs> unbuckle, and let the steel dragon free. That's the kind of year that we are manifesting. That's right. 2023. Unzip, unbuckle, unleash your steel dragon. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> Maybe it's pants. Hey, watch, great watch. The first band that doesn't have t-shirts but do have pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, your wolf pants have inspired me. They are phenomenal. Hunter has a wolf face in his crotch. Yeah, that's right. This is about the music industry and it's set... Early 2000s. Came out in 2001. It's set in the 80s. Is it set in the 80s? Oh, yes. Is it really? Boy, oh, that yeah. did, I did not read that. Oh, yeah. There's this. a whole montage where they go through, like, September of 1985, and the dates just keep flipping to the end of 1986 when he's on tour. Wow. I remember that montage, and it didn't sink in that it was actually the 80s. I assumed they were just, like, a legacy act. No. Yeah, no. Somehow it, t- it totally missed <laughs> me this is set in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. But what are what are like I mean your top like five ish bands of that style in Euro? I really did like Guns N' Roses at the time. Yeah, Guns N' Roses. Like... Axl Rose has gone off the fucking deep end. Oh yeah. But he was very talented and very instrumental in the eighties. Yes. Oh yeah, he was uh, a tastemaker. Mm-hmm. That Snake Dance. Def Leppard. Def Leppard's Def pretty Leppard, great. Def Leppard rules. I think Def Leppard, I think Cheap Trick is overlooked. Oh, yeah. You know, I have a problem with Cheap Trick, though. A little one. What? I went to a Cheap Trick show, and they never showed up. And they had to find... Okay, so I went to an Aerosmith show. Okay. Cheap Trick was opening. But I was really excited to see Cheap Trick. Yeah. Twice I tried to see Cheap Trick. <laughs> Didn't get to see them. Twice they Twice. bailed? I don't know that they bailed the second time. I'll get to that. Okay. The first one was I went to go see Aerosmith. Cheap Trick didn't show up. We had been waiting forever for someone, anyone, to come out. Now, you'd think they would just start the show early and throw Aerosmith on the stage. Right, or whatever. They did not. Or have, you know, was it only the two bands or was there? It was only two. Oh, okay. So they went looking for whoever was available and nearby that right. they could throw on stage. And it was fucking Andrew W.K. 
That's great. I accidentally <laughs> ended up at an Andrew WK show. That's great, though. Is it? Because it's so weird. Yes. The next concert I went to was Cheap Trick, Heart, and Journey. Ooh. And we got there on time, but apparently Cheap Trick started early, so we missed them entirely. That sucks. And so we got there when Heart started. I mean, Heart was fucking amazing. But yeah. I've had Heart's great. I've never seen Heart. Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, like, Journey see, was good, too, but they replaced their lead singer, yes. and it's not the same. No, the guy that did some singing in this is one of the, is, I is one of the I replacements. He's the replacement singer, or if they've had multiple. I'm I think sure. they've had a couple, but yeah, he he did sing for Journey. I also think it's funny that they use so many different voices, and it's so obvious that it, they use so many different is, voices. But they weirdly it weirdly works. None of them straight up doesn't seem like they could come from Wahlberg. That's true, but they are all different. They are all different. Like at the end, when he's basically like doing his Kurt Cobain phase, but it's the guy from the Verve Pipe. He's literally just Dawson, right? And I, I immediately was like, "That's the Verve Pipe dude." And I looked it up. And it it's is. Like, it's like Brian Van whatever. I was like, "Yep, that's the Verve Pipe dude." Yeah. Like that guy's got a very specific voice for me. I listened to the radio a lot at that era, you know. Oh, and I listened to a lot of the Verve Pipe. Yeah. What was there? What was that? The, the they, Freshman. The Freshman. I was like, I know they had like a graduation song that they played, but it's about abortion. It is. I mean, it's like Ben Folds. People were like, "Play Brick," and he's like, "This is very sad for me." Yeah. <laughs> They're like, play brick, play brick. He's like, but you don't understand this song. Makes me very sad. It's about a very traumatic thing. And they're like, play brick, play brick. (laughs) Okay. I have a couple of things to tie into the things we were talking about. Okay, so my my five bands of that era. Rat, Round and Round. Round and Round is such a good song that I like Rat. That's fair. Like, I don't, I couldn't even name another Rat song. You don't have to. Right, but Rat is in my top five because Round and Round is so much fun. Yeah. Um. I, they're not, they're not even a band I like really, but I have hometown pride for Cinderella. Okay. They're from like the Philly suburbs. I didn't know that. Yeah. They're from like around Frankfurt. Oh man. Yeah. They got their asses beat. Oh yeah. They're like a glammy (laughs) ballad band. Yeah. Like what was their big hit? Don't know what you got till it's gone. It's Uh like a piano ballad. That's like their biggest hit. I love Iron Maiden. I love Judas Priest. Okay. Uh... Does Foreigner count? I probably would say Foreigner is my my fifth. What do they call it? Um, oh my god, I can't think of the name of it. It's not like corporate rock. What is it called? If I can't say Foreigner, then I'll say Scorpions. Okay. Um, if only because every time I've... I saw Stor- Scorpions live once, but I've seen a lot of their live footage. And, um, you know, they're like German, so... <laughs> I guess it's corporate rock. I literally just Googled corporate rock. And it was like, Foreigner is corporate rock. There you go. <laughs> But Double Vision is a banger. I know, that's all I can say. But the Scorpions guys, the Scorpions, they're 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 German, so they're you know English is a second language or third or whatever, and uh, their banter is great because like they come out and they go like, "We are Scorpions," and everybody goes, "Yeah," and Please? they go, "We love rock and roll," <laughs> and everybody goes, "Yeah," and then they just fucking shred. It's great. Please tell me you listened to. I was going to ask you what the podcast was called. I can't remember. I'm going to wait. I can't remember it either. But yeah, I'm going to find it. Uh, Tina recommended a podcast for me. It's like eight parts mini series about how about the theory that scorpions were spies. Uh, and wind of change. Wind of change. It's yes. great. You and gotta that, listen to it. It's great. It, I heartily recommend it. Um, yeah, it's like a it's like an eight part like investigation into whether that song and I guess maybe that album were written by the FBI as part of the whole like Berlin like was it right? It was about yeah, the, the Berlin, Berlin Wall. Wall. Yes. It's wild. It's wild stuff. Oh, and like man. You're listening to it, and you're like, 
You're fucking like Millhouse in The Simpsons. You're like, we're through the rabbit hole here, people. <laughs> or we're through the looking glass here, people. Like, you're like, listen to it going, that kind of makes sense. Fuck, what does that say about me? Well, right, because I was like, this sounds absurd. I got to put this on. Right. And so I started listening to it, and I was like, there's no fucking way they're going to put this together in any way that makes sense. And then two episodes in, I'm like, holy shit, yeah. that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's fun. I like conspiracy thought in the fun way. Yeah. Uh, in the way where it's like harmless and interesting, not yeah. the way where it's like you know who shouldn't vote anybody but white people. Ooh, um, no, because that's called racism, right? But they call it conspiracy thought because mm-hmm. they talk about cabals that control everything, and then that's their explanation for why only white men should be able to do anything. And they call it it's a conspiracy. But they man. can't even jump. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> that's true. That's part of the conspiracy, I think. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm Alex Jones. Woody Harrelson is a traitor to his race. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so stupid. Rockstar. Rockstar. In 2001. Mm-hmm. Set in the 80s. Set in the 80s. Could have fooled me, but I wanted to circle back to uh, uh, as far as looking for a band to fill in for 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 Cheap Trick uh, at the Aerosmith show. A similar thing happened. My dad was in bands. My dad's kind of a, a local celebrity in Philadelphia to a degree, um, where like people I don't know who know him recognize me and they're like hey. i'm like uh, that happens to you a lot it does i know my first girlfriend's mom was like hey your last name's bush like richard's son and i was like uh yeah well that's like when when my friend robin yes you yes. collided and she knew you she's like i remember when you were born and you were like i have no idea who you are i'm like well, that's wild i don't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean like and here's the thing everybody's been super nice everybody's really yeah. like they're all real cool nobody's like Hey, you're Richard's son, and they throw a bottle. Fuck at you! Me. Yeah, <laughs> like that's never happened. So that's awesome. <laughs> but no, what happened was, um, you know, like they would get a call from like the Ramones manager, like, "Hey, some band dropped out. Can you be here in like two hours?" And the A's, what they were called, would drive up there, and they'd play. And people who were probably not going to be happy with anybody but the Ramones really didn't like my, you know, the A's, like kind of like glammy new wave like poppy bratty rock band right. you know attitude so they were like booing and throwing shit and i believe my dad told me that they were like pulling the chairs like out of the ground to throw them that's insane and that's you know my dad's like do all you want we're the ramones favorite band you know like they were big mad yeah people big were mad. very unhappy with that <laughs> but uh so what was your first concert alanis morissette and liz fair i, I thought that was great oh it was great it was so good Jagged Little Pill Tour. I listened to that album. Um, I bought that album in a bus station, like in like an FYE kiosk at a bus nice. station. Uh, my mom and I were going to North Carolina to visit my grandmother for like oh, two weeks or 10 mm. days or whatever it was. And, you know, I brought like a book and I brought maybe like uh, two CDs or whatever. I had no idea how long I was going to be in a bus. Like, I, you know, <laughs> we'd never done this. Every right. time I've been on the bus, I listened to like one CD and it was fine. Yeah. And then it was like, no, 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 we're going to be like overnight. Like, and so I listened to that, maybe the two albums I brought with me, like, in my Discman, mm-hmm. like, four times. And then we hit some bus station, like, halfway down or whatever. My mom's like, go buy an album or, you know, whatever. And she picked out, I believe, I I can't remember. One of us picked out Weezer and the other one picked out Alanis Morissette. But we listened to both those albums, like, back. She's like, Come on, give, me the, give me the headphones. <laughs> She's like, give me the headphones, read for a while. And I'm like, all right. I, that's also where I bought two, like, Dean Koontz books that I read, like, repeatedly on this trip this is all very 90s it is very very yeah. 90s um but yeah i listened to that and i was like this lady's got it oh yeah it it went hard that album is great it's, it's also so like this is a horny album oh it is yeah. it is real horny oh yeah and i was like now i listen to it and i'm like yeah it was 
All right. Yeah. Take back your power. She'll go down on you in a theater. Yeah. Especially in them wolf pants. <laughs> Say less, queen. <laughs> He's going to spit. He's trying to hold it together. <laughs> Sipping my coffee. Uh, yep. If y'all could see this outfit he's in when he says, say less, queen. It's so absurd. Uh, (laughs) So my first concert, which ties into the film, opening band was Eve Six. And then the the middle band of three was Our Lady Peace, who I don't think I'd ever heard. And I bought their CD. I bought both those CDs there that night. And I was like, yeah. I like both these bands. I discovered Our Lady Peace from the Craft soundtrack. I was gonna say then mm-hmm. they were on. Then I started either they were already on them and I missed them, or like I started you know movies started coming out with them and I was like oh yeah. I this. But then the headliner, Third Eye Blind, Bradley. Bradley, who's yeah, whose uh, singer is Stephen Jenkins. Hello, Bradley. And, and I'm watching this movie and I'm like, who's this tall drink of water? And <laughs> I'm like, you look real familiar. But like everybody's got like crazy hair and they're all dressed real weird. Like you look real familiar. Who? And I looked it up and I was like, oh, Bradley. <laughs> Bradley, do you wish I would step back from that ledge, my friend? <laughs> oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> Which is exactly what he doesn't want me to do. No. So uh, our old friend Mark Wahlberg stars in this movie. And, and he does a fabulous lip syncing job. He really does. I mean, like, you it's know. It's spot on. He was, you know, uh, famously he was in. The Funky Bunch. Yeah. Is that, will you call that a band, a group? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I'm just being oh, nitpicky. But please like... tell me you watched the credits. I did. <laughs> I clowned him. Yeah. Well, and then he he did that really cringy like this isn't a rock movie. This is a, a hip hop movie or whatever. Yard. Yard. Yeah. If if Mark Wahlberg was like Wu Tang's for the children, bro, I would have been like, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Cash rules everything well. around me. Cream, get the money. Welcome, Mark. And you can join us. How's your mother? <laughs> God. I guess we should finally dive into this. This is all gold. Um, Like his hair. <laughs> his hair is great in this. It's fabulous. You know who looks great? <laughs> that I was very surprised looks great in this movie? Who? Tim Oliphant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, it, it suits him in a way you don't expect. No, because I'm used to Tim Oliphant. Like, he's always kind of had the same shape head. Uh-huh, and it's not the same in no. this. and he's got this, like, long hair, and he's wearing one of those, like, robe sweaters. Yeah, it's real mullety, too. It's wild, but I was like, he looks good. I also love Dominic West in this. Yeah, Dominic West. He's great. They, they give him this, like, curly hair. I mean, it is. pompadour It is hair. straight up perm. But, like, it because it just makes him look like... It's not the right color. It's, you know, dark. It's like yeah. dark, dark brown, you know, whatever. But, like, it, it's like a barrister's wig. Oh, uh, yeah. He looks nuts. <laughs> he looks totally crazy. It's so crazy. And it is so long and so high. It is, dude. Everybody in this, like, the hair is just, like... It's know, wild. Higher the hair, the closer to God, bro. And Jason Bonham? I mean, he's got a pretty prominent role in this. Who which, who Who is he? He's... AC? Yeah, he's the drummer. Okay, because Kirk is Because, I mean, Jason West. Bonham is a drummer, yeah. so it just checks out. I'm also pretty sure, is, isn't he the one that has uh, dialysis or whatever? Was that him? Yeah, that I was him. I think it's him. Crazy cast. Jennifer so, Aniston. It's a weird, she's weird in this. It doesn't check out at all. I, I feel like somebody miscast it. However, am I remembering this right, or is this like an alternate dimension thing that didn't happen? 
Did she date George Clooney? I didn't think so, but did you notice that he is a producer on this? Oh, no. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that, I went, oh, maybe that's why she's in this. And then I was like, wait, did they date or did I make that up? Well, when did Three Kings come out? Because that's Wahlberg and Clooney, Clooney, right? Yeah. 1999. Yeah. Yeah, that's Clooney, Wahlberg, Ice Cube, and Spike Jones. Uh, I don't think they ever dated, but they were in a lot of movies together. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't understand the, that casting choice at all. No, and I have no problem with Jennifer Aniston, but she's too. She works well in some stuff, but it has to be tailored to her because she's doing TV acting in this, and this is a movie. And like those are the it sounds crazy, but those are two very different things from everything I've ever read. Like it's yeah. just like being a stage actor is different than being a movie actor. Like. You're doing different things physically, vocally, with your timing, with your face. Like, everything has to be different because of the way they're presented. And she's doing, like, TV comedy acting, and it works in the scenes, but it doesn't work in the movie. It's weird. Well, and even though she has some comedic lines, she plays this too straight, I think. Yeah, she doesn't have much of a character. No, and a really important plot point, I think, is you're supposed to really sympathize with her. Like, yes. you're supposed to really feel for her. And I kind of did, but mostly I was like, you don't belong here. There was a lot of that, and I think some of that is intentional. Like, she clearly didn't belong with the wives and all that. Yeah, well, so this is uh, directed by Stephen Herrick. Directed a lot of things, actually. I was like, I know that name. Let me look that up. Well, he directed the first Critters. He also directed the first Bill and Ted. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. See, I was going to say, I, th- I would love Christina Applegate in this role. She would have been great. She would have killed this. 100%. She, I mean, like, she's a great... She's great anyway. She's great anyway. I, it, okay, like you said, I have nothing against Jennifer Aniston, but, no. like, Christina Applegate acts circles around Jennifer Aniston. Well, yeah, she's also, she's got the actress. look. She does. She looks like she would be dating a rock star. You know. Jennifer Aniston looks like she dates the fucking captain of the football team. Right. And that's fine. She looks like she dates Mark Wahlberg at the end of the movie, not Mark Wahlberg at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He also directed The Mighty Ducks with your boy. <laughs> Joshua Jackson. We need we need some more Joshua Jackson on this yeah, show. Yeah, we should do a Josh Jackson movie. We'll do that yeah. next. We'll do a, a Josh Jackson next time you're on. Excellent. Next, like, solo The Two of Us episode. Sounds good. He directed, man, this is all bangers. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, this is a corny movie, but I think it's extremely well made. Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard like, Dreyfuss, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a solid movie. Like, yeah, it's very emotionally manipulative. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. And corny and, like, overly earnest and saccharine, but, like, it's well made. Award-winning. Yeah. Not that that means a whole lot, but... No. Um, he directed the live-action 101 Dalmatians. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. I uh, haven't Glenn seen it in a Close long time, but... Yeah. That's perfect casting. Yeah, absolutely. He directed the film Holy Man, where Eddie Murphy is a religious guru. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, add that to the list. I think I have it. Do you? I think I got, like, a weird, like, three movies on a disc thing that's, like, I got it because it had Kazam. So. All right, now that's to the list. All right. <laughs> Watching that whole three-pack. The fuck are we talking Oh, but, yeah, so he directed those movies. And, like, I feel like he was going for a Bill and Ted vibe in this. And that probably might have been why he was cast for this like as as to be the director okay yeah like it's like oh you get rock people you get the rock you know vibe vibe yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. these kind of silly goofy dum-dums you know and whatever and like rock and roll because like that's all through the bill and ted you know right it's the same reason like penelope spheris got uh hired to direct wayne's world she mm-hmm. done she'd done a, a documentary fall of western civilization part two i think is what it's called okay and it's about like rock people they were very candid and it's like oh you clearly understand these characters and you won't 
like they won't be like a caricature. They'll be like people. Right. And that worked. Like Wayne's World's a great movie. Yeah. It's like a perfect movie. And I think Bill and Ted is like close. They say the uh, F slur. Um, that was well, of the time. I mean, I yeah. give it a pass. It's not you know. They do a little bit in this too. They do. Um, and th- this also. Not, it's it. not. It's not a hard F. No, but... I give this a pass because it's that scene is about that. So this was supposed to be initially. It was supposed to be called Metal God. And it was supposed to be the Rob Halford story. Yes, it was going to be a fictionalized version of Rob Halford and Tim Ripper Owens. They decided to make it more of an inspirational type thing. And I think it's because there's some story, and I don't remember it, but the band backed out like halfway through production. Yeah, because so, Judas Priest was backing it. Yes, they and they like all contributed like stories, anecdotes right. from the road, you know, yada yada, and like all I could find was that like the phrase like they lost creative control or wouldn't oh, or wouldn't okay. cede creative control, so they yeah. backed out entirely. I couldn't remember what the story was, but, but I don't. Yeah, I couldn't find like an actual story of like was there a blow up? Was it a contractual thing? Like it just seemed like they didn't want to give up creative control. Maybe they didn't like Jennifer Aniston. They didn't. <laughs> She doesn't look anything like any of our girlfriends. Like, her stuff seems more, like, romantic comedy sort yeah. of vibey. Like, her scenes and her even her scenes with him. But then everything else is, like, like a fictionalized rock doc. And it's not even, like, that funny. Like, it's not... No, it's not really meant to be funny. No, it is very funny. It is funny. And, like... <laughs> but it's not meant to be. No. And it's not, like, so bad that it's, like, laughable. It's, like, the whole, you know, that era of excess is just silly. Yeah. And up its own ass. And, you know... And it's, it's cliche stuff, you know, like it's, yeah, right. it's every episode of Behind the Music. But like her scenes, I'm like, oh, if you just made a movie that was like all this, it's a funnier movie. It doesn't fit. The, those two halves of the movie don't really gel. She just doesn't have the look to me at no. all. And they try hard. Yeah. They give her like the big hair, the sheer top, they no bra. They the biggest, weirdest hair at the oh, after yeah. party for his first show. Oh, yeah. Where, by the way, did you notice his suit? silky like fabric right, that looks yeah. like metal it's like it's like bronze with right. like a black shirt and black tie and yeah. i was like fuck that's a good look i kind of noticed it but that's where everything turns into an orgy yes and i was very distracted <laughs> a lot yeah. happens real quick yeah it yeah, turns yeah. into the fucking uh, second matrix movie it does <laughs> it really does i was like oh Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And even the resolution to that is like a sitcom resolution. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to talk about this. Yeah, they're just yeah. like, they're like, uh, so, he's like, so we're not going to talk about this? We're, we're cool? And she's like, mm, yep, zip, burp, burp. And you're like, yeah, aha, you can hear the canned laughter and applause. Well, right, because like, he looks at her and he's like, did you? And she's like, did you? And they both go, eh, we're not going to talk about it. Like, it, and then, but she's like still wearing the sheet. Right. And he's only wearing a shirt and, and like underwear. And, uh, and Tanya. <laughs> And Tanya. T- Tanya. Tanya, Tanya. She, she... <laughs> She's like, what's your name, Tanya? And like, that's a sitcom thing. That, yeah. That's a that's a laugh line. Right. Yeah, she came in his BVDs. Yeah, we got to get to all of this. Yeah, that becomes kind of a gag that isn't that doesn't hold no, up ta- anymore. Ta- ta- Tanya, Tanya has uh-huh. a penis. Yeah, and that's supposed to be, I guess, funny or something. Or something. But I do like that he's just like, okay. He does. There's no Ace Ventura well, yeah, throwing like, up. No, there's but he's no... like, are those my pants? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, they're a little snug, but that's how I like them. Yeah, and, and she's like just standing there urinating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not cringy. No, it's no. It's just kind of like... It's odd. It's It strikes a weird note. It's not well-placed. Not... No, no, yeah. it's not. And, and, and again, it's not that kind of like, I don't know if you want to call it humor, that kind of reveal or whatever. It's not in this movie. No, it's like that like shock gag. Yeah. And it's not really... It doesn't 
play well. No. It's all over the place. It, it is. And, like, I kind of like all the different parts, but as a whole, it's like, okay, what? Okay. Like, where are we going with any of this? Yeah. It's like a, an album. Like, all the songs have to go together. Yeah, you could have one-off, maybe, but... Yeah, too many, and, uh, you know, just... what's the line from the movie? Like, all of a sudden, we're playing to a half-filled auditorium. Like, yeah. And this movie bombed. Yeah, like, well... Like, it, it was a... And it's like, yeah, I, I get it, because, like, the poster doesn't tell me what the movie is. No. Watching the trailer... I don't know that I would have read as, like, the 80s, for sure. Like, I don't know. I don't... I watched the trailer before I watched it. Cause oh, yeah. I paid to rent this nonsense. Oh, no. Um, I swore I had it, and I had to go through all my DVDs. I could not find it, and Ugh. I was like, I'll just rent it. You know my fun story about this movie? No. I bought it on, like, Amazon. Like, okay. Like, I, I was just, like, looking at, like, movie deals, and it was like... Mark Wahlberg, four movie collection. And I went, ooh, let me look at these movies. And it was four Mark Wahlberg movies I did not have. And I was uh-huh. like, well, I have to buy this for the podcast. Yeah. Because I was like, Tina and I are definitely going to do all these movies. Mm-hmm. And then it showed up, and I open it. It's sealed in plastic. I open it. It's got three of the discs in it. It doesn't have the fourth one. The fourth one was Rockstar. So I was like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. And I was like, that's definitely going to be the first one we do. Like, here I was we like, are. I was like, it's definitely going to be like the thing, you know, an obvious one. Right. So I returned it. I had to go into the fucking FedEx where they, you know, take him back and showed the guy a little QR code. <laughs> and he was like, very cool. And was like, oh, Mark Wahlberg, right on. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you like my, Mark Wahlberg? He's like, yeah. And I was like, I, I host a podcast and my friend and I like to like rip on, on him and you know movies. He's like, oh, is it, you know, all Mark Wahlberg movies? And I was like, no, we do everything. He's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and I left and I was like, should I go back in and ask that guy to be on? Like, oh, it yeah. Seems, seems like he would be like a fun guest. He's just like, oh, I like movies. This is cool. <laughs> like, Mark Wahlberg? All of them? And he's like, so why are you returning it? And I was like, oh, it doesn't have the one disc. He's like, does it have Rockstar? I was like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got to take it back. <laughs> like he was yes. on the same page. <laughs> I was like, I should just ask this dude to come on. I never, I, I chickened out because I'm like, he's going to think I'm hitting on him or something. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I was like, hey, what do you, uh, you want to be on my podcast? I mean, was he kind of good? What do you want to be on my podcast? Right. It's not a euphemism. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But once we watch Rockstar, we'll reenact. One of my big, big 80s hairs in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's broad strokes this. All right. So Mark Wahlberg plays Chris slash Izzy. Yeah. Who is the lead singer in a tribute band. Very specific differentiation between a tribute band and a cover band. Cover bands play songs by all different other artists. A tribute band only does songs by one artist and usually like as faithfully as they can. That's, he was that, very serious about that. Yes, he's very serious about that in this. Um, I've seen a couple tribute bands. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean a lot of tribute bands now, it's the it's like a novelty thing. Right. Where you'll get like, you know, uh, like the Misfats where it was all like really heavy guys doing misfits. I like that. Yeah, yeah and there's the Misfits, which is an all-girl misfits cover band. Okay. And like that's just two examples of all, you know, you're like, "Oh, cool." So, the band that he loves, he is in tribute to is called Steel Dragon. His band is called Blood Pollution, which is I guess one of their songs that they play a couple times in the yes. movie. <laughs> Blood Pollution. <laughs> Blood Pollution. Sounds it sounds it sounds right. It sounds fine. It's it it fits. Steel Dragon is like a bad band name it's a it's i'm just like it sounds like a band that wouldn't exist well yeah it sounds like a fake band name i mean but def leppard doesn't sound like a band name it's just weird enough that you're like yeah i guess that could be real i guess like steel dragon sounds like a six flags attraction yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds like a roller coaster yeah and so and i'll just throw this out there there's also another tribute band and they butt heads a lot and that tribute band is called black babylon which i guess is an album title i think that's a better name sure yeah of of the three. Of the three, yeah. 
of the three, I like Steel Dragon the least as like a band name. I'm much more likely to go see either of the other two bands. Right. Bradley is uh, the lead Bradley is the lead singer of Black, Black Babylon. Babylon. Movie opens with Wahlberg and, you know, they're they're practicing. Tim Oliphant is a guitar player in his band. Uh, is that Rob? Is that his name? And he is not nailing the squeal. No, not nailing it. And he's like, you know, it's got to be raunchier or whatever. And he plays like his little cassette recorder thing of it. And he's like, yeah, hear it. And it's a very specific thing. And then he nails it. And then they go back to practicing. And you're like, okay, cool. And that tells you everything you need to know about him. And he's wearing like this specific leather jacket. And he's got the same haircut. And he looks just like Bobby Beers, the lead singer of Steel Dragon. I'm going to let you keep going, but we're getting to my favorite scene really soon. Uh, Played by Jason Fleming. They go to a Steel Dragon show. Um, They put all their flyers up on the hoods of all the cars and the thing. And there's these, like, two, uh, you know, hot broads with the big 80s hair. And they're like... Yeah, they know him. They're like, oh, Chris. Like, they're excited to see him. Right. He's a hot rock guy. And they're like, oh, we we could bang this dude. Yeah. And But he's got a girlfriend, Jennifer Aniston. Emily. He's like, you come on my show in a week and a half? They're like, definitely. And he's like, you know, Pesa Flies? And they're like, sure. (laughs) And they take him and... Okay, and they go see the show, and notably, during the song Stand Up and Shout, Chris is right up front, you know, in the corner of the stage, like right next to the center stage, yeah. and and when he's like, you know, this song is about, you know, my ex-lover threw my heart in a blender, speaking of E6, <laughs> it's called Stand Up and Shout, and he's like, Stand Up and Shout, and as he's doing that, you can hear Wahlberg being like, yeah, yeah like, Wahlberg actually outdoes out singing him, him. Yeah. yeah, and he, like, Bobby Beers like looks down, and he's like, all right. But and, you can tell he's annoyed. Yeah, he's kind of like, shut the fuck up, kid. Watch yeah. show. And right. he's like, you know, so then he starts doing the song, and Mark Wahlberg is out singing him during it and whatever. Yeah. And okay. I believe then they exit the show, and this is where Black Babylon <laughs> has taken all of all of Blood Pollution's flyers and thrown them away and replaced them with their own. And then there is the weirdest <laughs> fucking... It's my favorite scene. It's so weird. Because it's like, they look over, and it's like... It's like, it's Bill and Ted. It's the evil us's. Like, right. They're, cause they're all dressed like this band. <laughs> yeah. They have their, both tribute bands are dressed identical. Pretty much. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Except that the lapels are wrong. Right. And they get <laughs> into Jenkins. it. They get into it. He's right. Like, he's like, think about it, bro. Have you ever seen Bobby Beers wearing a shirt with red lapels? And they're like, no, actually no. And then they start like fist fighting. Well, because like, Bradley says his dad got it for him and so it's my dad knows somebody that fucking It's Bobby the, it's wears. it's his or whatever. He yeah. bought it at something. Right. Yeah, bought no. it at an auction or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And he's like it's not because he's never worn red lapels. And Think then about it, bro. And then Bradley <laughs> says something to Jennifer Aniston, Emily, says yeah. something to her and oh, she, she makes a joke about how he stuffs his stuffs pants his with pants. ballet slippers. Yeah. And she's he's like, like, you want to see, you know, you want like, a piece of my package? Yeah, you want some of my package? And she's like, well, you and those ba- ballet slippers you got shoved in there? Right. And he like reaches for her and then it starts a fight. And it starts a fight. And every member is fighting themselves. Their evil <laughs> member. Right. Yes. The the guy that's dressed like the drummer is fighting the other guy dressed like the drummer. <laughs> Tim Oliphant is dre- dressed like the guy who's also dressed like the, you know, guitar right. player. Like, it's so silly. Oh, my God. And, and like, it goes on for way longer than you think it will. And it sh- it's not long. It sh- no, it should have been the whole movie. <laughs> was great it should have been like fucking like the opening 10 minutes of saving private ryan like it should have been like <laughs> just graphic fist fight between these like weird doppelganger nerds oh my god it was i was like when that happened i was like i don't know what the fuck this movie is but i was like i am in now yeah like, absolutely i am hooked and it happens pretty early on which helps that's like five minutes in like the yeah. credits i think are still rolling like. <laughs> um Wahlberg's brother is named joe 
Yeah. He is a cop. Uh-huh. He is played by Matthew Glave, famously Glenn Goulia from The Wedding Singer. I knew it was him. Yeah. I just didn't look it up, and I, I kept going, like, I know you from somewhere. Yeah, it was I driving me nuts. I think it's The Wedding Singer. It was driving me nuts, yeah. and I had to look it up. It was Glenn. I was like, and he's oh, so shit. very hateable in that, too. Yeah. he's he uh, As an actor, I think he, like, he comes across as, like, a, a jerk. Yeah, well, he's he likes. Funny I think actor. he likes playing the heel, and he yeah. does it well. There's a thing where once, once you know, the plot really gets rolling. Mark Wahlberg's like, "I want to thank my brother who gave me my first Seal Dragon record because he didn't he like it." it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And they're like, Ooh. <laughs> "I like that," because then he tries to get backstage, and they don't let him in. Yeah, the brother. And he's like, "He's my brother," and he's like, "Yeah, I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs> it's it reminds me of Wayne's World. Where it's yeah. like. But her girlfriends are in there. It's like, dude, a lot of people's girlfriends are in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is set in the 80s. Is, um, do you know? Maybe you don't. I don't know. Detroit Rock City? Is that, that's supposed to be set in the 80s, right? Either that or the 70s. Maybe it's the uh, 70s. Let me see. Came out in 1999. 99, really? Oh, it's set in 1978. So oh, okay. right on the verge. Oh, okay. That movie's not bad. It's not great. It's not what you want. There's a movie called, uh, is it called Heartbreak Hotel? It's named after an Elvis song, and that's, like, the thing is, like, a guy wants to get his parents back together. I saw it, like, this year, but, it, you know, I don't remember the details. But, like, he goes and basically kidnaps Elvis, like, tricks him into coming with him to, like, cheer his mom up. Cause oh, his mom's I don't a big know Elvis this. Fan. It's, it's not bad. We're dancing around, like, the artists. Right. Um, well, at least they didn't do the thing. What is the movie? Is it Calendar Girl? The one where... Jason Priestley Marilyn meets Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. But you never see her face. Right. They do the, yes, they, yeah. they shoot around it. Right. they were like, who could possibly? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, any, let's try any, it. Anybody? Just try. <laughs> and now here we are. And like, there was. There's like a dozen people who've played Marilyn Monroe Marilyn now. Monroe. And they're all good at it. It's fine. Um, let me look up who played Elvis in this. It is, excuse me, it's David Keith. Uh, he's the lead from Firestarter. He's her dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was like, I wouldn't have picked him for that, but he's actually really good in it. Interesting, okay. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's just an odd one. And, you know, I kind of thought it was going to be like Detroit Rock City, where, like, it builds up, and then, like, they have a final thing where he meets Elvis, and Elvis gives him advice or whatever. But, no, he, like, halfway through the movie goes, like, and tricks Elvis into coming with him. They tie him up and put him in the trunk, and then he gets out, and he's like, he's like, I'm going to call the kids on you, or call the cops on you, kid. And he's like, he's like, just help my mom, Elvis. She loves you. And then he kind of is like, oh, all right. I really wish the line was, I'm going to call, call the, the kids, kids on, on you, cop. cop. <laughs> hey, watch, great watch. I'm going to call the kids on you, cop. That, I stand by. Yeah, me too. I stand by that. <laughs> the kids are all right. They're beating up that cop. The cop was doing a crime. Uh, as they do. Yeah. I stick the kids on them. <laughs> Get them, kids. Um, but, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. And then, like, he kind of becomes, like, surrogate dad to the kid and, you know, like that kind of thing. And then he's like... I gotta go back. I got, you know, I got shows to do, whatever. <laughs> so, Wahlberg gets his nipple pierced. That's a fun aside. I think that's supposed to be sexy. It starts off where you're like, this is kind of fun and kind of sexy. But then, like... Yeah. She's, like, numbing his nipple with an ice cube. They are kneeling on, like, a bed, like, facing each other. Yeah. He's got no shirt on. And she's, like, yeah, teasing his nipple with an ice cube. And I was like, oh, they're going to do a nipple pierce thing. But it's supposed to look like they're, like, kind of kinky. Right. They're high and school kinky. That is an interesting thing, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. This is not necessarily related. But she does mention, they must be dating a long time. Because she says something like, remember that song you wrote for me in, yeah. like, fifth grade or something? It's something real, like, yeah. 
So I guess th- maybe that's part of why she doesn't look like she's dating a rock star because they've just been dating for a hundred million years. Right. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, if they wanted to give her character like something, instead of just being like like she she basically just like turns to the camera and goes, I'm writing myself out of the movie. Like yeah. but they should have had her be like, This isn't what I thought it was going to be. Right. Which she all I kept thinking she was gonna get there in like because they have like two confrontation scenes and in both of I them think... I thought it was going to really get there by being like, This has always been your thing. I just supported you and now you don't need my support. Like and they almost get there in both those scenes, but never quite hit the nail on the head, and it makes her character just seem like she's making excuses to not be there. Yeah, I mean I think that's the underlying But she's not developed sentiment. enough as a character for us to have really put that much thought into her. Uh, yeah. It's only because we're talking about it, analyzing it now, that I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But, like, they have a pre and a post, like, confrontation scene. Right. And the first one is, like, me and one of the other, like, wives, we're starting, like, a, our own business. And, like, I'm going to be in Seattle. I'm not going to be on tour with you because I can't I can't d- deal with all this. Yeah, and, it's her roommate. Yes. So they're like, oh, we're starting, she's, I'm starting, you know, we're starting our own side business. And so she's like, yeah, I just, I don't want to be in a car with the wives the whole time. And he's like, oh, you know, it's cool. I talked to Matt's. We're going to get you in, and we're going to get a different car. Me and you will trap. And she's like, no, this isn't about that. Like, I, this right. isn't the life for me. But, like, it didn't quite get, because it, it just seems like she grew out of it or something. And it, it just felt, like, un, like unclear. Well, it also way. is a breakup without them ever breaking up. Right. And then he continues on tour, and he, like, stops being, like, a good dude. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bang groupies and whatever. Like, you know. Because he gets that talking to from AC, who's yeah. like, yeah. men want to be you because women want to fuck you. Right. And if women stop wanting to fuck you, men will stop buying albums because right. they don't want to be you. Right. So he's like, oh, I, I got to bang chicks for, you know, the good of the band. Right. But then he's also, like, partying. There's no drug use, like, shown, which no. felt like a missed opportunity. Like I don't it... know. It kind of implied to me that he never really went all the way in that direction. No, but he's definitely messed up in their breakup scene. He is, but th- he's a fish out of water. He's not really comfortable with any of it. No, even if they, like, that was the night that he tried something. Because, you know, he's like, oh, wait. I forgot this was Seattle. Yeah, he keeps saying, you're not supposed to be here. You were going to be in Seattle. And she's like, we are in Seattle. Right. And, like, I've, again, I've read a lot and watched this behind the movies. And, like, your life as a performer in a band like that, like, becomes very monotonous and very yeah. repetitive. And it's, I totally buy that it's completely easy to lose track of what city you're in. Right. right? Even without partying. I just yeah. think it's, like, so repetitive. And you see the, you see and do the same things every night. Like Right. And you're traveling so consistently that you're always in a different place. Right. So you kind of lose track of where you are. You. Yeah. Right. You have no home base. Right. And But then he clearly is, like, messed up because he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I will come back to Seattle with you. And she's like, I'm, we're in Seattle. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, he's slurring yeah. and, like, But it's not the scene, but more as the scene goes yeah, on. Yeah, like, like, wobbly. Yeah. His pants are undone. Yeah, he was definitely bad. I, I was expecting the gag of, the, like, a groupie to come out. out. Yeah. yeah. The movie's weirdly toothless in some areas, and then, but it's trying to be, like, straight and serious about, like, rock and roll and the lifestyle. The whole thing is played too straight. Right. Except for the, most of the scenes of Jennifer Aniston where, like, She's doing one-liners, and I'm like, so is this a comedy, or... But even still, I think she plays it too straight. Yeah, she's not... Well, she's not doing... Leaning into the rock and roll lifestyle character enough. No. She's playing it like Rachel from she's Friends is dating Rachel, a guy in a band. Yeah, yeah like, in a, in a Halloween costume. 
It's... Actually, no. I will take this back. Her that scene we talked about the confrontation in the in the parking lot doesn't feel like Rachel from Friends. It feels like a different character. That's the only scene in the movie where she. Oh, feels with the ballet like, slippers. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Her given as good as she gets, and her right. like, like, fuck you, Bradley. You know, like that well, kind of thing. There's like... one other scene she does that, and okay. it's the only scene that I actually really like her in. So when they boot Chris from the band, the first... Yeah, you're right. They say to her, Emily, you know, we've talked... she's their manager. Yeah, we've talked, and if you want to stay our manager, we would be okay with that. Yeah. And then she was like, you guys just... um, In the management game, I didn't write down the exact thing, but she's like, you know, in the management game... You go where the talent is. Right. And all the talent in this band just left. Right. And and the way she says that is very, like, boss lady, yeah. like, very assertive. And I was like, that's the character I want. Right. And it's it's the character. It, it felt like a character that's not Rachel from Friends. It's not Jennifer Aniston. It's a new thing that she's... Right. And, but then it gets lost after that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That That's the other thing. And then, like, once the actual plot kicks in, she's just, like, every cliche, like, rock star's girlfriend or wife, where it's yeah. like... Is he cheating on me? And it's like, he definitely is. Like, Well, and she does that thing. All the wives are like, he's going to, so you're just going to have to like, lighten up on him well, and that's the whatever. Thing. After they did the orgy scene, and uh-huh. they both come back and are like, did you? I don't know. Did you? Eh, let's just not talk about it. I was like, oh, is this going to be like whatever happens on the road stays on the road kind of thing? Like, we're right. not going to fight about it. It's just the lifestyle. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this right. is, you know a different tack and then like literally like the next time she's in a scene her next scene is like i think he might be cheating on me it's like y'all both fucked like 18 people that one night right also in different rooms (laughs) that happened right after matt's says to her like you can have fun Fun too too, yeah it's loud this is this is the new life right and i thought that was more of gonna be more of a thread like yeah oh we're both indulging in these things and maybe the arc would be like it's not healthy for either of us or like our like relationship is suffering and like we you know or our relationship can't sustain this right or whatever whatever yes yes uh and i was like oh that's gonna be an interesting but it just becomes like every cliche rock doc of like why does he quit the band is it because anything to do with her no it's because remember in the beginning when the you know the tribute band wanted to write originals and he didn't want to do that now that he's in the band he was being a tribute to he wants to write originals Yeah. and it's just like okay is that growth i don't think it's growth Maybe maybe for him. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's, it's just... It's a long road to a, to a small place, is yeah. what it is. <laughs> and I think, I think it's just, like, indicative of, like, there's a lot of cyclical things in mm-hmm. this. Because, like, the same thing happens at the end of the movie with him that happened to him at the beginning where, like, he's doing stand-up oh, and yeah. shout. Oh, yeah, it's totally a mirror image. And, yes, some kid is out seeing him, but instead of being resistant to it, uh, he, he embraces invites him up yeah. on stage and they sing it together and then he's like you know the songs he's like yeah dude I love you I'm a big fan he's like alright go do it and then he tells uh, Bobby or no he tells Matt he's like I gotta take a piss which is extremely touching, I guess, in the context of yeah, the Yeah, well, he looks at him and knows he's not coming back. Because it's a callback to, they had a conversation. About Matt's yeah. wife. Yeah, so what, you know, the, the plot of the movie is that when Bobby uh, gets, like, kicked out of the band for various things, he has he has his own projects, he's not showing up on time, the band doesn't want him in the band anymore, and whatever, and so they're kind of firing him, and he's kind of been soft-quitting. So they're looking for replacements. For some reason, they invited him to the tryouts for the replacements, which is weird. I don't think they did. I think he knew the tryouts were happening. It seemed like he was in the room. Because, like, the the other guy that tries out leaves when Wahlberg gets there. But they they pan the camera, and Bobby comes flying in from the side door. And he starts trashing things. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And he thinks, he says that he's being thrown out of the band because he's gay. Right. 
And they're like, we don't care who you fuck. But yeah, but then they do like. But th- they, but then they say something. He he says something about Elvis. He he makes a comparison between him and Elvis, and and uh, Elvis was the king, and he goes, oh yeah. right, and I was I'm the queen. Yeah. yeah, and then he like rips his wig off. Wig off, yeah. It's a big reveal that yeah. the hair that Mark Wahlberg has been cultivating all these years is, is fake. fake. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg has a lot of revelations in that moment because the guy said, the guy says, well, why do you? Because th-? he says you're gay. That. Uh, Chris says to him, you're gay? And he goes, really? You thought Stand Up and Shout was really about a girl named Kim? You thought Kim was a girl? He goes, did you ever listen to the lyrics of Stand Up and Shout? (laughs) Right. He's like, you're gay? He's like, no, I got both nipples pierced and bought a house in Morocco because I'm John fucking Wayne. That was it. That was it. (laughs) It's such a good line. Yeah. And so now he's kind of embarrassed a little bit. Yeah. Because his his hero has been totally dismantled. He's not who he thought he was. Right, and he just got, uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston to pierce his nipple. Right. And so he's like, oh no, does that make me gay, bro? Right. I only did the the one. Does that make me half Half gay? gay? (laughs) This doesn't happen. Dude, I think I'm bi. But it goes through his head, I think. You could tell. Yeah. And even Jennifer Aniston looks a little uncomfortable where she's like, oh. She's like, oh, my boyfriend. My boyfriend's been obsessed with this gay man. This secret gay man in the 80s. Which, like, this is the Rob Halford thing. like Yeah. I'm pretty sure one of the singers in this was in a uh, band with Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, it's the, it's the guy playing the the guitarist. The other guitarist that's not oh, okay. Dominic West is Zach Wilde. Oh, Zach Wilde. Right, right, right. Yes. Okay, yeah. But I, I was like, this guy looks kind of familiar. But I was like, can't place him at all. And I was like, you know, he might be like a guy from a band I know, mm-hmm. but maybe the hair's not usually that long, or maybe it's a wig or whatever. No, no. What it is is... I know Zach Wilde from his giant fucking beard, and he's clean-shaven in this, and it makes his head look like a different head. <laughs> Everything about him. He has one of the most noticeable and memorable tattoos. It's a skull on his shoulder, uh-huh. and it's got, like, a huge chain coming right. out of its yeah. mouth that goes all the way down his arm. And it's like, even that, I was like, I know this guy. Why do I know this guy? And it's like, oh, right, because he took the fucking beard off him, and I can't place him. Yeah. Because, like, I'm just so used to Zach Wilde looking like a goddamn Viking. <laughs> well, right. Also, yeah. he's way taller than I thought. I don't think I noticed. Stephen Jenkins also is towering oh, over Mark he's Wahlberg. Huge. He's huge. It's David but and always, Goliath, bro. <laughs> I always got the impression he was real tall and lanky. I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. Boy, putting him against Mark Wahlberg. Uh-huh. It's like a head and a half like height difference. I mean, Mark Wahlberg's not all that tall anyway. No, no, but like but, it really comes across. It's like when Chris Novoselic would stand next to Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Kurt Cobain's like 5'10 or whatever. Right. And Chris well, Novoselic's like 6'8". The other thing is... Mark Wahlberg, he's fit in this movie, but he's real lean. He is. He's yeah. real slim. He looks really good in it. He looks great in it. I'll, I'll quickly say the reasons why I said we should watch this are, one, Mark Wahlberg is shirtless most of the time. Yeah. Two, he's wearing mascara. He is. And three, he drives the Batmobile. Dude. <laughs> I, I was like, mouth agape. I was like, did he just buy the Batmobile? Oh, boy, and did then he. in the next scene, he's drag racing the Batmobile. And sure I was like, is. get the fuck out and of here. He even hits, like, the special buttons and everything. <laughs> they just do a Batman pastiche yep. in the middle. Yep. Like, I thought they were going to be like, you know, do, like, the scene transition. Like, like No, they did it for me. They put that in there for me. A hundred percent. For those who don't know, Batman, 66 Batman, Adam West Batman is my favorite. One of my favorite things of all time. It's great. So he gets the... He does the audition. He does well. He takes yeah. him two or three tries, but he finally like nails the song and they mute him 
and he can't hear anything and they're all talking in the booth and he's like looking at Jennifer Aspen like what's he saying what's going on and she's like I'm trying to listen like she's pointing like yeah I'm, like I'm listening. listening and then Dominic West hits the the button and I think she I, I was watching her face because I was like I definitely right. get the part because I that's yeah. what the movie is but I was watching her face and I think she plays it like she heard them say like he's in. She kind of plays it like she's holding back a smile. Kind yeah, she's of. bluffing a little bit. Yeah, she's and I, crying. And I was like, I like that. It's a good. Yeah. That's a good note. But yeah, and he, he hits the intercom button. He's like, so you want the gig then? Yeah. And it's just like, like. It's so great. I do want to backtrack a little bit. Oh sure, sure, sure. So I the one thing I think is really like adorable and heartwarming about this movie. Yeah. Are his parents? His parents are great. They so support him. Um, like they go to his show. He plays. Where is it? Like a like a. It's like a warehouse or something they let him play in. His parents are there slinging t-shirts and shit for him. He shouts them out at some point and they're like cheering for him and all this. And they're like so wildly supportive of him. Yes. But one of the girls that was handing out the flyers is recording this performance. Okay. Dominic West. What's his name? Cuddy? Is that his name? Kirk. Kirk. That's how he gets a hold of this footage. They decide they're going to replace Bobby. Yes. And he... Uh, the, those two girls had gotten backstage and I guess got close with Kirk and they showed him the video. Yeah, so they, he, they, they back, they get backstage bettied into right. being able to go. Yeah. And so they show him the video. And so he calls him like at his house, Mark Wahlberg lives with his parents and he's asleep upstairs and his mom yells at the telephones for him and he answers the phone and he thinks it's one of his old bandmates fucking around. Cause they cause just they, fired him. They just threw him out of the band. Replaced him with, uh, Stephen Jenkins, uh, right. Rob or no, Bradley, uh, Bradley. He's like, look at these amps. Bradley brought these amps. And he's like, look at this mixing board. <laughs> I love that he's like, I'm taking that mic stand. It's mine. Taking and... a mic stand. It's mine. And these cords. These, these cords are mine. And he's and like, I'll I'm... buy you guys new cords. I'm yeah. in third eye blind. It's so stupid. It's it's very petty, but like, I've, I've seen band shit that's yeah. that petty. He gets this phone call from Kirk. He says, you know. He's um, like, it's me. It's Kirk. Whatever. And he's yeah. like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, dude. And, he and then he does this like, oh, because the guy calls back. And he's like, it really is me. And like, is this you playing? And he plays the recording for him. And yeah. he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, you're not lip syncing? And he's like, no. And then he starts asking him all these questions to confirm that it's him. Him, yeah. And he's like, what did you call your second wife? And he he's goes like, on this whole long like, thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's this whole thing. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear about your dog, bro. And he's, he's like, like you Pookie? Mean, you mean Pookie? You know what I- <laughs> and he's like, I said so, yeah, flowers in a card. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but I figure you guys were like really busy on tour. And he's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, can we stop playing This Is My Life? Like, I, yeah, he's I, like, I want to get down to business. Right. I have a ticket for you. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Go to the airport. There's a ticket for you to L.A. So he calls immediately calls Emily, yes. Jennifer Aniston, and they trade in his first class ticket for two, two coach. coach so that they can both go. And when they meet up with Tanya at the airport. They, this they, is all you brought? Yeah. She says about Emily. Emily. Woof. And he goes, this is Emily. And he's he's wide eyed, you know, kid. Oh, like, he's bright eyed and bushy tailed. It's, it's adorable. And so excited. He's yeah. very good. In he's this. Jimmy Falloning all over the place. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, this is Emily. She's my manager. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, great. And, she, and he's like, we traded in my first class ticket for coach. And, she, and Tom very is like, resourceful. Very resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> she's really like, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so she takes them over to his mansion and like he is just fanboying everywhere. He's yeah. Like, they stop. Yeah, he's looking at a guitar or a bass or something, and he's like, it's yeah. real. It's it's the rosewood, it's rosewood handle. Inlay. And I'm like, of course it is. Yeah. You're in his house. Why yeah. would it be fake? One of Deep Purple's amps is yeah, there. Yeah. I was like, Deep Purple? All right. Can I tell you a fun Deep Purple story real quick? It's Absolutely. very short. Yeah. You know, my, my dad's a musician. I listened to a lot of music growing up, whatever. And my, my dad was like, uh, hey, Hunter, asked me a very leading question. He goes, hey, Hunter, what's that song you like? 
That song, we were, we were listening to it earlier. And I was like, oh, Dirt on the Water. And my dad and his friends all start laughing. And I was like, what? I'm like, eight. <laughs> like, what? He's like, it's smoke on the water. I was like, oh. And, and my dad's friend is just like dying. He's like, dirt on the water. I like it better. <laughs> well, that's forever dirt on the water. Yeah. Dirt on the water. <laughs> I think about that all the time. I was like, Deep Purple rule. <laughs> I didn't get all the song titles right, but I was right about Deep Purple. Yeah, you weren't wrong. He gets the gig, as we've said, and he's, like, so excited he can't handle it. And they cut to the photo shoot, photo shoot who – that photographer is a real famous rock oh, really? music photographer. He is taking their photo, and he's trying to get Mark Wahlberg to not – Smile. Smile. It's – yeah. And he can't do it. His smile is a mile wide. He And he's tr- – there's a great – it's, like, legit great face acting from Mark Wahlberg because he, like – He's like, just try one serious without the smile. And he, like, tamps it down for a second. Yeah. And they take, like, two photos, and then, like, it creeps back in, and then he's just smiling again. Like, it's so good. It's Neil Zlosauer? Then they do his first show. Yes. He looks like he's going to shit a brick. And there's a weird conversation with uh, Jennifer Aniston backstage where, you know, she's like, babe, I love you. You can do this. You've got this. This is your dream. Like, she's very supportive yeah. and whatever. And he's like, oh, I got to piss. Like, and right. she's like, what? She's like, you don't. Let's go. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if that was one of those things where, like, she knows him and she knows he just wants to disappear into the bathroom. Right. Or if he actually does. Because I was like, he might actually have to go. This is like a child. Like, does he actually have to go or is he running away? Right. She kind of ushers him away to... Matt's and yeah. uh, Matt's is like you gotta go join the hen house to her right. and she said I'm gonna go sit with his parents what does he say whatever spins your beanie yeah <laughs> something like whatever that whatever twirls your beanie. your beanie whatever twirls your beanie that's fine uh, yeah. anyway I liked that yeah. but then he says to him he's like you're in my hands now and I've never lost a man yet yeah. and he like walks him up to the stage which was very like cute I, yeah. I really liked that that was like touching right and then he's like there, you won't need them but there are buckets on either side of the stage he goes up He's like gets to the top of the stage because yeah. he's in a, a lift. He, he gets, gets on this yeah this little elevator lift goes up to the top of the scaffolding and when he emerges on stage it's at the top of this long like winding coiled staircase uh, that goes down to like the lower level of the stage where the band is. Yeah, he's gonna like walk all the way down dramatically, except he eats shit. <laughs> yeah, well he get he get, he's at the top and then he he starts strong. His vocals are great. He gets halfway down the steps and his foot slides off the side of the step. Yeah. And he tumbles far. Now, I read something, and I don't know if this is true. I looked it up today, actually, because I was curious to see if there was, like, a stuntman, and I didn't get any information on that. The story that I read implied that Mark Wahlberg did that stunt. Wow. And in fact... That's a serious-looking stunt. Yeah. The audience didn't know that it was a stunt. No. Really? Apparently, the audience all froze because they thought it was an accident. Oh, shit. Maybe they did that intentionally to get a genuine reaction when he got up. I can see Because the crowd loses their mind when he gets up and starts singing again. Yes, he gets up and he's like busted open. Uh, oh, yeah, like, he's just bleeding. At the top of it, like his hairline. He's just yeah. bleeding down like half his face. And I was like, speaking of fucking wrestling. Yeah. You know, it's not the first time we've talked about, in fact, uh, trying to get genuine responses out of people by not letting them know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. Like a uh, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. When she thought that he had actually fallen, <laughs> fallen off, the bridge. off the bridge to his death. Yeah. Yeah. The funniest thing to me is remember when he does a press conference before this show yes. and he's doing a real hard British accent and yeah. it's bad. It's very bad. And then he goes to practice it in the mirror and he keeps talking about eating pussy. Yeah. So here's the thing. Somebody's, <laughs> you know, they're asking him like Bobby beers, pretty big shoes to fill, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, you think you're up to it? And he's like, 
He's like, yeah! <laughs> and he, like, holds this note for, like, an obscene, like, just obscenely long time. Yeah. And it cuts to, like, his old band, and they're all checking it out on TV, and they're like, wow. And you see Tim Oliphant is, like, smiling, like, good for you, dude. Right. Like, you're living the dream. And he's, like, you know, holds it, and he's like, ah! And everybody's like, Wow. And he's like, how do you keep your uh, voice, like, so in shape? And he's like, oh, my vocal teacher gave me all these exercises. Yeah, cause, and Because and, he's earnest. Well, right. We also missed the part where he's part of a choir. Yes. This we, ridiculous little, like, blip in the story. Yeah, it's just to get, like, he, both he and uh, Emily are, are in, in, in the, the choir. choir. And they're saying, like, you know, glory, glory, hallelujah, or yeah. whatever. And it gets to the end, and he's like, hallelujah! Yeah, and, and he's he, like, like oh, sorry. loses his shit and then says sorry, and they all laugh. Right, and I was like, oh, I thought he was doing it as a goof, but yeah. apparently the music just, he's the Holy Ghost. He got, yeah, he just felt He got it. Holy Ghosted. Yeah, <laughs> Holy Ghosted. <laughs> so he credits the choir teacher, and yes. they're like, oh, we can't have this, and they're like, pussy. Yeah, that pussy. that's what Kirk cuts him off. He's like, he eats a lot of pussy, and they're right. like, ah, ha, ha, and they all clap, like, laugh. They're like, that's great. Cuts to his parents, and his mom goes, like, father, like son. <laughs> Wait, does that happen? Yeah. How did they miss that? I don't know. Oh, my God. I want to mention his mom is played by Beth Grant, who uh, is in Speed and Donnie Darko. She's the old lady in Donnie Darko, and she's, I forget, is her name Helen, I think, in Speed? Who's like, she's like a little nervous like lady on the oh. bus. Oh. You've seen her in a bunch of things. Yeah. Yeah, she's in a ton of stuff. Interesting. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, shit. I love her. She's a, she's a fun yeah. character actress. Um, but yeah, she's like like father, like son. And like, because like the, the family, all the friends are like all sitting around watching, you know, right. the press conference. And... Um, his brother goes like, guys, come on. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even catch that. I don't know how I missed it. It's it's but, fun. And then it cuts to him, yeah, in the mirror. And he's like, I'm good for me eating pussy, right? And he's like ad-libbing. He's like, oh, good for me eating pussy. It's like a vocal exercise. You know, I'm, th- I'm doing this for British voice. So I ain't eating pussy, whatever. And like, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, it, it, like, it rack focuses, like, uh-huh. over his shoulder. And she's in the bedroom in the back. And she's like, Chris, either come do it or shut up. Right. And then he like jumps into bed with yeah. her. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. That's kind of cute. It's great. But that's um, that's another little piece of like the Jennifer Aniston I wanted. Yeah. That you don't. No, no. It, it fades away. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. She should have been, I don't like to use this, you know, this is a very gender term, but she should have been ballsier. She should have yeah. been brassier. Yeah. Like, cause she is in the beginning and then. She, she has look... moments of it. Right. But it, it all disappears and she well, kind of loses her backbone. She, yes. She's underwritten even in the beginning. Yeah. But like those scenes in the beginning, I feel like she's playing a different character and the latter half of the movie, I think she's just playing Rachel from Friends. Like, yeah. it's indistinguishable from that. Right. I agree. So after the like father, like son and Chris either get in here and do it or shut up scene, <laughs> the next music cue is kisses, lick it up. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I laughed very hard at that. I that's was like, good. I was like, good for you, movie. Yeah, that's good. Another thing I liked, he goes on stage at his first show, he's all ble- bloody and shit, and he's like, I'm fucking feeling it. People are digging it. People are digging it. Yeah. And he looks out, and there's like a bunch of, there's a section where they have signs like, bring back Bobby. Oh my god, yes. And he goes, he immediately goes backstage and grabs a hose, puts it between <laughs> his legs, and does like a big piss on them. And the parents cheer. Yeah, the parents are like, yeah, because I get that. But I was right. like, I was like, look at you really like stepping into the rock and yeah. roll like lifestyle being like, because like, if it was me, right? If- you would have just pissed on him. If I was, because like, <laughs> I wouldn't immediately be like, oh, I'm going to piss on these dudes. I'd be like, hey, uh, the host, can I just, can I just have that? Can I just use that? <laughs> can I have that? 
But he just goes backstage and grabs this thing oh, yeah. we were not introduced to. It was just like, he's like, eh. I got the impression he's seen it done. Maybe. Yeah, shows. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, like, like, that's a thing at rock shows, like, right. because uh, you get a lot of, especially, like, this is an indoor thing, but especially, like, outdoor concert venues where people are in the sun and shit. They'll, yeah. they'll spray people because it's like, hey, we don't want you to pass out and die. That happened to me at a Jimmy Eat World show. The, the rockest of rock bands. <laughs> It was, I think it was Thursday in Jimmy Eat World, I think. Oh, that's probably, that's probably a really good show. It was at the factory. For some reason, it was like mega heat wave, and they couldn't bring the temperature down inside. Yeah, yeah. And people were passing out left and right, and they wow. were handing out waters, and then they ran out of waters. And so they actually brought in fire hoses and were hosing down the crowd yeah. inside. That's wild. I don't think I've ever seen that done in an indoor venue, but I've yeah. seen it a lot at outdoor stuff. You know, because they had like the big doors they that would open side on the doors, side. Yeah. yeah, they like just wheeled them open and brought in these hoses. I was at something I don't remember. It might have been the Bad Religion show where I thought I got my nose broken. Oh. Um, I didn't, but I did get a bloody nose. Uh-huh. Uh, and it hurt, but it was not broken. I, it might have been that, but there was something where it was, like, really hot, and they had all the doors they could open, and, then like, those giant fans, mm-hmm. like, to suck air through the venue, so, that, like, in between songs. But then they had to turn them off when the bands would play. Right. Because they're loud as fuck. It sounds like a jet engine. Yeah. And so then they would stop, and you're like, oh, cool, it's kind of cool in here. And it's like, beer, and the fans turn off, and you're like, oh, I guess the band's coming out. And you're kind of like... Better be fucking good. Yeah, like, don't stay on too long. <laughs> There's five bands, like, oh, I'm just man. like, oh, this better be good, because it's like 10,000 degrees in here, and I really I just came to see Bad Religion or whatever. Yeah, Mark just Wahlberg try. in this movie says, like... A I, lot, actually. I, he, he repeats it, yeah. yeah. He's like, I grew up with post-disease guys. Um, he's not doing the British accent at this point, but he's oh, like... Oh, that was my point, though, is yeah. that British accent dies in that scene. Yeah, It I never was, comes back. I wasn't sure what he was doing with that. Like, I don't know either. I was like, is he... like? I know he's obviously, like, he's doing a British accent, he's pretending to be British, but even in that press conference mm-hmm. scene, he's like, oh, no. In yeah, and yeah, out yeah. of it. Yeah, and he's like, oh, but he's like, well, I would do that. And I was like, oh, is, he's doing it like a goof. I'm like, it's weird. And I was like, is he going to do the rest of this movie with a fake British accent? Right. Is that going to be like a reveal? And then he drops it in that scene. I was like, okay, what's happening? Yeah, because he drops it when he starts, anytime he starts talking about himself. Yeah. I guess that's supposed to be, it's weird. I mean, there but, is, you know, there is, like, David Bowie. There is that thing of, like, I'm not David Bowie. I'm ziggy or yeah. i'm the thin white dude right, or right, i'm right. whatever like i'm this but like with bowie it was more of an attitude it wasn't necessarily like his voice or you know whatever no thankfully not no no yeah he wasn't like he wasn't like oh you know it's me i'm david bowie i like, mean the style... hey it's me i'm the thin white duke over here <laughs> hey jesus they were the young americans or whatever could you imagine hey oh i'm doing his voice now i'm a different guy <laughs> I'm from I'm the thin white duke from Chicago. Oh my god. The thin deep dish duke. <laughs> the thin deep dish duke. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Rest in peace, the thin deep dish duke. Oh yeah. Uh, Big ups. <laughs> should go have a, a deep dish in his have, honor. Have a six foot, six foot deep dish. <laughs> bury me in the pie. Oh my god. <laughs> when I die, bury me in the pie. <laughs> in the pie. In the pie. Okay, so after the first show is the after party where uh, I thought it was gonna be a threesome. It's a full on orgy. Oh yeah, it's a full on orgy. Uh-huh. That's why oh. I thought she was topless in this. She's not. There's a lot of boobs, not hers. Yes, no. But she wears a sheer top. Very sheer, yeah. Um, her hair covers it a lot, but yes. like 
in a couple moments... of the long shots, yeah, you, it's yeah. like full on, like, see yeah, nipple. most of yeah. Jennifer Aniston's uh, uh, upper anatomy. Yeah. yeah. Also, this is the prime era of, like, I photoshopped Jennifer Aniston's body onto a porn star. Oh, yeah, there's Jennifer Aniston's head onto a porn star. I it's always like, think ugh. they're so funny, too, because they give her the hugest boobs. And I'm I like, know. have you ever seen her? I know. The whole thing is, like, you, you're like, oh, I can't find any pictures of blank nudes, so I'm going to approximate that. And it's like, with a, a body type that's not even close. Yeah. Oh, there's a thing on the dance floor when uh, the orgy is uh, revving up. So Tanya's like clearly hitting on on Chris, and she's like, "Boy, like blah blah blah." She's like, "Everybody, Everybody in here wants here, to fuck you. Yeah. I'm I'm having trouble even keeping my hands to myself. She's like, You're turning me into like a awkward schoolgirl or whatever yeah. she says. Something weird." And then um, Emily comes over and she's like, "What a what a hot couple! You must you know like I don't understand how you do anything but spend all day in bed." Right. And they're like, because <laughs> they're awkward, like, real people. They're not jaded. Uh... And they're both drunk. Yeah, but they're not, like, jaded, like, rock and roll people. No. Who are, like, they're like, ha, ha, So then she's like, come on, and drags them onto the dance floor. And they're, like, making out mm-hmm. while she's dragging them to the dance floor. And then the three of them all start, like, making out. And she gives Chris ecstasy. And, yeah. Uh, and then, like, it's a whole thing. But a guy goes by the camera and he spikes the camera so hard as he walks past. I know. He looks I know right exactly at it. exactly who you're talking about. He's like looking at her and dancing all sexy like, yeah. I and know. He, and then and he just like looks directly at the camera and then walks past and I just was like, no, dude, no. Take two. We need well, another take. He also, he looks like he could be Jennifer Lopez's backup dancer. He's, yes. He's like real into it. He's leaning into it hard. He's very live. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he, not only does he look right at the camera, his whole face face is in the camera yeah he's so close like yeah. it's not like he's a background guy no. that looked at the camera he's right there right like you can't miss him um so that was funny and then they play uh they're dancing to stranglehold by ted nugent which is the song that rips off a whole lot of love because <laughs> i was like oh they're playing a whole lot of love and they're gonna have a threesome that's why when it okay, started yeah and it's like there was a song that played before it yeah, it's it. I think it's like an in excess song or something. Oh, yeah, when they yeah. first get there, it was. It was in excess, and I remember thinking Michael Hutchins's voice sounds more like what Mark Wahlberg should sound, would sound like, like. Yeah, than was... any of those other voices. That would have been cool. Michael Hutchins and Mark Wahlberg look a little similar as if Mark Wahlberg yeah. looked like he did in this movie. Not that far off. I could see that. I think he could play him. Yeah, I could see that. That would have been good. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, I was like, oh, cool, whole lot of love. This is like the lick it up thing. Like they're mm-hmm. really, they're being clever with their song yeah. choices. And I was like, oh no, it's Stranglehold. It's the song that just sounds it's like, like a that. Whole lot of yeah. That's uh, Ted Nugent. That guy sucks. Um, oh yeah. Let's just move on. Moving right along. Um, <laughs> the morning after we talked about this, Tanya turns out, stands up to pee. You know what? Let's say that. We don't know that she has a penis. We just we know don't. she stands up to pee. Right. Uh, but I've I, seen I've seen ladies do that. Yeah, uh, there's usually more of a an arch to the back. Yeah, you gotta really direct it. Yeah, you, you don't really stand gotta... so straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And either way, it's running down your leg. Yeah. So, not great. Normally, if you're gonna stand to pee as not, a lady, but it's her, it's her, it's not her pants. It's his. It's pants. not her pants. So no, what does she care? If you're gonna stand to pee as a lady, you usually stand over the toilet, not in front of it. Yes. They meet up at the room. They're like, oh, we're cool, right? Okay, cool. Then we get the, there's no wives or girlfriends on the bus. Emily's in the car with all the wives. And the, I can't, I, I did not write down any of the wives. You know what I really like speaking of the wives? The scene where, is it AC is trashing the hotel room? Yes. And <laughs> Mark Wahlberg uh, says to Kurt, what, what's wrong with him? And he said, oh, his wife ran off with Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Because he comes in, he's like, ah, fucking what? And he's like, and he, like throws her, the TV, the TV out, out the window. window. Yeah. And then that's when Jennifer Anderson pulls up in her old beat up car. Yeah. 
the valet goes, oh, let me help you with that, ma'am. And she's like, oh, that, do- that door doesn't work. Yeah. And it's like a funny like moment. They cut away from her, but she sees the TV fall out of the room. Yeah, that's right. The one wife in the in that scene in the car, she says, three things you got to know. Learn to share. Get close to his accountant. Mm-hmm. And don't sign anything. <laughs> Even if it's not typed. <laughs> like, and the one goes, the one goes, that's something I had to learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, it's really funny. I kind of, w- I thought there was going to be more with them. Almost like a Greek chorus thing of like, oh, they're commenting on what's going on in the movie. or be, And like, yeah. like they're kind of fun. And then they, this is that one scene. They're in the background a bunch, but they yeah. don't get any more lines really. No, no. Then he buys the Batmobile. He buys the Batmobile. Part of this montage where he buys the Batmobile, um... One of them shoots the Wichita sign as they drive yeah, past. Yeah, well, because he always has a gun around. Yeah, like, I, I he's can't always remember cleaning if it's... it or cocking it or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember if it's the Zach Wild one or if it's the bass player. But I don't know. They all kind of look alike to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and so like I know like they take a break when they all get back together. Like, oh, how was your break? And he's like, oh, I went hunting. I killed everything on my property. Yeah, and killed you know, everything whatever. that was breathing. Yeah, and it's like, oh, he's that's he's that guy. He's a Ted Nugent type. He's, yeah, you know, a Ted Nugent type. <laughs> yeah. Which is way better than Ted Nugent, I guess. Um, guy sucks. That was I just thought that was like okay, shooting Wichita is that going to come to anything? No. Then Mark Wahlberg is really like living the rock lifestyle. He's riding a motorcycle indoors. He rides it into, into the the like, hotel room, into yeah. the room, like crashing through the doors. He falls on the floor. He's laughing. Yeah. It's like oh boy, oh boy, Mark. <laughs> this is the they break up because he doesn't realize he's in Seattle. He's supposed to meet her, you know, meet right. up with her after the show in Seattle. But instead, he's like. All fucked up and banging groupies. And... Did you like that scene that was very um, Bobbies and Taddies? It was a little Bobbies and Taddies. <laughs> it was very Bobbies and Taddies. It kind of, yeah. <laughs> that is that is your story right there. Yeah, it's, uh, is it Max is doing that? Uh-huh. He's doing the, he's like, all right, ladies, we're going, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, so have your pussy passes out? Yeah, he's like, you know, have your credentials uh, showing your bosom credentials showing or yeah, something whatever. and he has them like show their breasts and he determines whether or not they're going to get in based on whether or not they got bobbies or tatties yeah that was an old bit uh <laughs> that i used to do at work to make <laughs> tina laugh when we worked together which was it was it was unclear what the difference between a bobby and a tatty was <laughs> but the bouncer character that i did knew which one they were and was letting uh, the, the, the Bobby Havers into one door and, and Taddy, Taddy Havers, Havers into another. <laughs> and then inevitably at the end of the bit, he would find somebody that had one Bobby and one Taddy and he would never have seen that before. <laughs> and that's weird. That's, <laughs> that's weird. weird. That's weird. I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bit I used to do. And it was always the same bit, but it's funny. It's funny and, <laughs> and stupid. And, yeah. And, and that's a thing that happens. Sometimes you got one Bobby and one yeah. Taddy. Bodies are weird. Bodies are very weird. They're fallible, fallible things. <laughs> so then, they, yeah, it's a six-month break. Six months later, this is the, like, what would you do on your break? And he's like, I shot everything that was breathing and all that. And they're all, like, catching back up. And Izzy is very excited. And he's like, he comes in. He's got binders full of shit and tapes. And he's like, I was working on songs the whole time. And they're all kind of like, uh, nobody wants to talk to him about it. But it's, it's like Kirk and the other guy. AC. A- AC, right? Yeah. He's like, well, we write the songs. And he's like, yeah, but, like, I want to help. Like, I'm part of the band, right? Like, you don't want me to just be a hired singer. like. And he doesn't realize that that's exactly what they want. Yeah, they just want to keep the fucking money train rolling. And, again, I mentioned, like, I guess this is supposed to be growth. It's not. But, like, he, the band, you know, his tribute band split up because he didn't want to do originals. He only wanted to do the songs that, that they did. And now that he's in the band, he wants to do originals. 
and they don't want him to. So he kind of got screwed both ways by being out of step. Right. Uh, and, you know, and like, I get it. Cause you know what? When we finally hear that song that, you know, one of his songs, it's a verve pipe song. It is. And that's never going to fly with the amphitheater crowd. Maybe you could have maybe, maybe turned it into like a Cinderella. Don't know what yeah, you got power, till it's gone. Piano ballad. ballad. Yeah, yeah, maybe that kind of would have been fun. Most popular famous metal bands had a ballad. Oh yeah. All of them. Yeah. I can't think of one, like, aside from, like, the really heavy bit, like... Um, I mean, every um, rose like has its thorn. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Every rose does have its thorn. You know what happens in November? Rain. Uh-huh. That happens. It does. And that song manages to be a ballad that also shreds in the middle. Oh, yeah, it's a banger. Yeah, because it's like, it's like, this is a cool, like, touching, very emotional song, and then then somebody woke Slash up, and he's right. just like... <laughs> And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And that video's great because the video is real. They dramatic. fly that helicopter really close to Slash. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> He's just fucking shredding. That hat with hair. Oh, I love that guy. He has a hat with hair. He is. He's a top hat with hair coming out of it. And that hat plays guitar better He's than He's an anybody. Adam's family character. Dude, he is. He's the best. Yeah. He also is apparently an incredibly nice guy. Yeah, it checks out. I've never heard anything bad about Slash. Yeah, I haven't either. Actually. Like, even when there was, like, uh, you know, trouble in the band and mm-hmm. whatever, like, I never heard anything that was like, well, Slash was in the wrong here. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Slash always seemed like the level-headed one. Yeah. Very cool dude. And, yeah, but they don't want his songs. They want him to sing the songs. And he kind of does, like, the song is real, like, shreddy, you know. Yeah. And he uh, he goes full Marky Mark on it. He goes Marky Mark <laughs> on it. Like, 100%. And I was like, oh, what? He's got my soul, I'm on a roll, I'm on fire, and I'm on a they're like... He's like part Marky Mark, part Anthony Kiedis. Yes. It's, it's a, a little, little, yeah. A little uh, Red Hot Chili Peppersy. It, it kind of is. And they're like, what are you doing? Sing it the way it's written. He's like, I thought I was. <laughs> they're like, you know you're not. Yeah. Like, and they're like, try it again. And then, then this time he... And it doesn't sound drastically different. It's, it's just... It's a little different. It's just a little different. Yeah. yeah. But then he, he's doing it more like a metal song. Yeah. And so that's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not happy. But yeah, he really. I was like, Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't. Oh, know. he I, put the stank on it. He did. He put that. He put that Marky Mark stank on. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. Where's where? Where is he with his with his legacy at this point? Like, this is two thousand and one. So like, yeah. He still was like, don't talk about it, right? Like that was. Yeah, I think he wasn't all that far removed from it at that point. But I think he was really focusing on his acting career and didn't want to be associated with. Yeah, being his the, previous life. Right, being being this, you know, because like I remember the famous thing was like he and Eminem were both on TRL at the same time, the same episode, mm-hmm. and the, they brief everybody like, hey, don't mention Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Like that's an off limits thing. You cannot mention it. <laughs> you like, can't say that to Eminem. <laughs> right, and Eminem immediately is like, I'm gonna mess with him, and yeah. like. So he's like, we're just all going to stand around in a fun bunch. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the thing, like, right before they went to commercial. And, like, I just remember hearing about that and being like, that tracks. Yeah, all of that. All of it. Yeah, everybody in this thing is, like, kind of a jerk for various reasons. And then right. Carson Daly's there like, hey, guys, you see how many of my nails are painted today? <laughs> yep. It's different than last time. God. That was the time to be alive, huh? It really was. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Rockstar. Uh, so many tangents in this episode. Yeah. So they're doing the show. It's the thing we mentioned earlier, a guy who we will find out is named Thor. Yeah, Thor. He's like, my real name's like Mike, but my friends call me Thor. He goes, God of Thunder! And I was like, all right. Everybody calm down. (laughs) 
sounds like something just grabbed onto their testicles. Yeah, everybody's sat on attack today. Um, his name is Miles Kennedy, and I was like, "Well, he's got to be somebody, right?" Like, so I looked him up. He's the singer for Alter Bridge. Oh, do you know what you know what Alter Bridge is? Oh, I do. Alter Bridge is Creed without Scott Stapp from Creed. Right. (laughs) They he he they like took a break and the band like split up. But before they split up, the rest of the band were like, "Eh, we don't need your ass." And they were like, we we got our own songs, and they got a new singer. It's this guy. He's in other bands too, but he's the singer for Alter. And I guess he plays guitar in Alter Bridge too. Yeah. So I guess uh, when they started Alter Bridge, I guess they welcomed Miles in with arms wide open. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> we did a lot of we did a lot of music jokes today. I'm proud of me. You're on a roll, man. I really. I had, I had two coffees. <laughs> you did <laughs> I did and one when I got up and I had one when we started recording I'm ready to rock so this is the thing right before the final show is Chris is upset because they don't want his ideas and Matt takes him to a bar he basically tells him his origin story and he goes I was gonna marry this woman he's like I think about her or he was married they were married were they married okay I wasn't yeah. sure if he it was... said he, he's like I, I was married okay. a long time ago and I still think about her a lot okay and yeah. yeah, but he's like, he's like, yeah, we were at dinner, uh, you know, at a restaurant and I got up and I, you know, went to use the bathroom and he's like, I just, this fear came over me that my entire life wasn't up to me anymore. It was all planned out now that I, you know, I was with this person that my life was just going to be this specific thing, you know, and he's like, and it was out of my control. He's like, so, you know, I had this realization in the bathroom and I, I just left. He's like, you left her there? And he's like, yep. He's like halfway through a steak and kidney pie. Mm-hmm. And he's like. He's like, you never went back? He's like, nope. And he's like, but she's very happy. She's married to my, my best, best friend. friend. He's a doctor. He's a doctor, and they have three beautiful children or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wow. So we go to the final show, and that's when, you know, Chris goes in the back, and he's like, he, he tells Thor. He's like, you know the songs? And he's like, yeah, dude, dude, I'm a big fan. Blah, blah. And he's like, all right, go out there. Have some fun. And he's like, oh, rock on. He goes out mm-hmm. and he goes to rock on. And then he's walking, you know, Chris is walking off stage, and, and Matt sees him, and he's like, He's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm off to piss. Mm-hmm. And it's very touching. I told you at the yeah. beginning of the episode, it's supposed to be really touching. It's pretty touching. Like, you... It kind of is. They, you, there's an understanding. He gets yes. it. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is your story. Like, I'm just yeah. going to the bathroom, but I'm not coming back. And like, I was like, well, that's cool. Like, and it's... they mirrored it because yeah. he, he had a similar feeling. Like, my life has been decided for right. me now. Yes, and that's why that's why he told him that. But I was like, oh, this is just like a bonding thing. I didn't even put together like, oh, this is like... Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. smart. It's a smart callback. I mean, they, it's like literally the scene before. Yeah. But, like, it's not like, oh, I remember that from earlier. No, but it's clever. I yeah. mean, the way they put it together. Yeah, it, it's not as heavy-handed as it sounds like it no, should be. No, it's not. It's it. It's actually, it, it kind of flies under the radar a little bit if you're not paying attention. Yeah, and, like, because it just seems like he's like, oh, I know how you're feeling. Right. It doesn't seem like he's telling him, like, this is how you get out of here. Right. Like, you just gotta go. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's cool. I, I dig that. It's well, that's well written. One mm-hmm. of the one of the more well written like things structurally. It's a device, and it's well it's well utilized. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, there's like a mini montage, and he's hitchhiking, and then the next time we see him, yeah, he's Dawson Leary, which I think is hilarious because that's the picture they use for the poster. The poster, right? And like, it looks like it's a totally different kind of movie. Right. It looks like he's like a traveling hitchhiking musician trying to make it big. Right. And it's him with a guitar case. Yeah. And he looks like yeah, he's got shorter hair. It's it's you know shoulder length or chin length or yeah, whatever. He's doing his best Eddie Vedder. Right. 
But, like, it's not super long. It doesn't look like a glam rock or metal band guy. He's dressed in, like, jeans and a shirt. And, yeah, that's the photo they use. It looks like he's... Like a '90s, yeah. It looks uh, like singles. alternative singer. It looks yeah. like the cover of Singles or whatever. Right, yeah. Like, and you're just like, oh, okay. It, it looks like a totally different movie. That's probably part of why the movie didn't do well. Is right. Everybody thought it was a different thing. Yeah. There's so much like over the top glam metal rockness to this that they could have really done up that poster. Yeah. And they made it look like yeah, Singles or something. Yeah. It it definitely doesn't reflect what. The, the majority movies. of this movie is. Yeah. It's just the very, very end scene that he looks like that. Right. And that it's he's for like one shot right. in the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. That is a weird thing to make your poster out of. Yeah, it's very strange. So I don't know. But like, yeah, and that's kinda it. And then they play the song Colorful, which is by oh, Brian Vander Ark, lead singer from the Verve Pipe. Yeah. Uh I don't know if it was a Verve Pipe song or if it was like a deleted song that he just had lying around, but and then um, in the credits, there's some outtakes. Pretty good. <laughs> the credits are great. Pretty good. They, like we said, they play. Uh, is it called? Is it called Good Vibrations? Yeah, or? Good Vibrations. Yeah. And like the cast or whatever, or like the background crew are all dancing on the stage to it. And he looks a little put off. And then at some point, he's break dancing. Yeah, he just starts break dancing. Yeah, and goofing around. And yeah, I was like, good for you. Good for not throwing a fucking fit. No, he he started off a little serious, but he went with it. He yeah. was a good sport. Uh, and then we see that Bobby Beers has moved on to newer, <laughs> newer and better things. He's a river dancer. Yeah, he says he wants to do something that has more meaning to it, so he does river dance. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, what the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's funny. It's a fun well, note. It's but it's like funnier than the whole movie. Yeah. Like, well, also the one blooper, the woman kept like screwing up like oh the the, the, the hostess like the yeah. newscast. Yeah, she's like. So they are continuing to. What are they continuing to do? Right. <laughs> like, the clipboard or what is clacker, it? Clacker, yeah. clapboard, whatever. Says Metal God. Yeah, and I just like that they left that in. Like it was almost like a little Easter egg as to what the movie was supposed yeah, yeah. to be. Yeah, because Metal God, the Metal God, is is, is Rob Halford's yeah. uh, nickname. Judas Priest. Yeah, because he's great. Yeah. Uh, I listened to in that metal, uh, you know, like metal mix. I was listening to two Judas Priest songs, "Breaking the Law," of course, and "Painkiller," which is. Way better. Yeah. Breaking the law rules, but Painkiller is way better. This would have been, it would have been cool if, I mean, like, I understand that it's the same thing that happened with um, Bohemian Rhapsody, where they, the band, it's everybody but Freddie Mercury's, like, estate. Mm -hmm. It's everybody in the band except for his estate, like, were behind that film. It's the band queen. Yeah. But his estate has nothing to do with it. So they were like, well, if you want to fucking use queen songs, then we get to tell you what goes in the movie or not. New year, same show, big energy. Big energy. Higher the hair, closer to God. Oh, that, listen, the, the that, that happened in this movie. That nightclub scene where the- Dominic where, West was close to God, let me tell you what. Yeah, there's there's a pickup shot at the end where that is like, I think it was probably a wig the whole time, obviously, but like- oh, yeah. Not as opposed to I mean like extensions, like right, yeah. But like, um, there's one at the end where it's like not even as good a wig as the rest of the movie. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It's like right, it's like right at the end. I think it's after he leaves when they're like, you know, it's maybe during the credits when they're mm-hmm. doing like the how you know how you gonna move on with the new singer and whatever. He's like, it doesn't matter. Gonna oh, whatever. Right. And I was like, dude, he's wearing like it might as well just be like a mop on his he head. He looks like Marie Antoinette. Dude, with dark yeah, hair. it's fucking wild. <laughs> it's yeah. So he should be like, oh, let me cake or whatever. <laughs> fucking wild dude yeah i laughed so hard i was like that's not that's a pickup shot if i ever saw one uh-huh. they're like we need something for the ending yeah 
Like, do you still got that wig? And they're like, no. <laughs> we were, they're using it on a Marie Antoinette. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten Dunst is in it right now. That's um, the only movie I ever walked out of. You know that? Marie Antoinette? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is, is there anything other? I mean, we talked pretty thoroughly through it, but is there anything we missed you want to go over? No. I don't think so. Right think on. We um, got it all. One thing I wanted to mention, uh, I mean, obviously, welcome back to the show, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yes. He's, uh, let's see, episode three, Four Brothers, episode uh-huh. nine, Fear. Yep. And uh, what The was, Happening? When was The Happening? What episode was that? I don't know. Episode 46. 46. The happening, episode 46. Yeah, uh, I think that's all the Mark Wahlbergs, right? He was not in Dirty Work. <laughs> Never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. Oh my god, <laughs> that movie! Um, but like, welcome back to the show, and uh, also, actually, welcome back to the show, Timothy Oliphant, episode seventy-one, Dreamcatcher. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I will go first. Go ahead. Uh, I will say, I think this is actually like, this is kind of a, this is a fun watch. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a very, it's, a, it's a great watch on the low end of great watch. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean. There's a lot of cringy points in this movie. There are a lot of points where you just kind of roll your eyes and go, oh, my God, that's bad. <laughs> but, like, it is fun. It's a fun watch. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah, some is. I think in some ways it takes itself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, and you have to go into it knowing that. Yeah, my that's my big criticism is that yeah. it doesn't really know what it wants to be and therefore it, it never really sticks to anything. Right. I mean, you, listen, you're not getting phenomenal writing here. You're not getting a unique story. You're not getting the world's best acting. There's not a whole lot about this that is great. I wouldn't call it a great watch. I wouldn't categorize it as that. I'd say maybe a hate to love it kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, love to hate it. Hate to love it. Sure. Guilty pleasure kind of watch. It didn't hurt anybody, you know? It, it, it's, it's, it's pretty inoffensive. Yeah, yeah, it's goofy. If you really want to watch it, go ahead. I, I, can I, could I recommend it? No. I think, yeah, if you were like, hey, I was thinking about watching that. Uh, should I watch that? I would be like, have you ever seen Spinal Tap? <laughs> yeah. Like, do Spinal Tap. Because Spinal Tap at least knows what it is. Right, and commits to it. And Spinal Tap being very specifically a comedy and being like committed to this bit is way more universally relatable than Rockstar, which is pretty generic and toothless, even though it was supposed yeah. to be a very interesting story about a very interesting band. Yeah, it it falls flat. But it's fun. It is fun to watch. Yeah, I might it is fun to watch, but I might have just talked myself into giving it a like it's a like a watch. Like yeah. maybe it's on the high end of watch, but it's not a great watch. Yeah, I mean it it needs something. It needs a lot of things. It needs course correction. Maybe it's a problem with the EQ. <laughs> Maybe. Take five minutes. We'll try it again. Apparently, this role was written for Brad Pitt, or Brad Pitt was being considered for the role. He left or decided, he opted out of it Interesting. due to creative differences. I cannot imagine Brad Pitt doing this movie. No. it That would have been a wildly different movie. It would have to be, a, yeah, a very different movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an even less funny movie. Oh, it wouldn't have been funny at all. Right. I think that's it would I, have been very dramatic. I and think I it's don't... a yeah, I think it's a bio more of a biopic yeah. like movie. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> this is more like stand up and go. <laughs> stand up and leave quietly. <laughs> Everyone file out in an orderly fashion. Single file. Uh, all right. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. You gotta do your every other Wednesday. Oh, that's right. 
I kind of have to pee, so I was distracted. <laughs> just, just run with it. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> We're a mess. We're not even drinking. No, no. I Again, I had two coffees. <laughs> I'm very sober. Uh, thanks for listening. And Tina, again, thanks for being here. Mm, of course. Uh, you can follow us uh, via our link tree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash H-W-G-W. And uh, that has links to our Twitter, our Instagram, uh, where you can find us on the Movie John Podcast Network. And, you know, the big widget where you can listen to us on, like, Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. So go to the link tree. Uh, follow us on all those places. Listen to us via Movie John and anywhere that you get podcasts. And consider donating to the Movie John Patreon. That's the word I was looking for. That's it. Because a lot of fun stuff If there. you do, Hunter might unleash the steel dragon that's right from the wolf pants and as always new episodes every other wednesday that's every other wednesday thanks for listening rock going rock and roll rock keep keep rocking keep on rocking in the free world oh my god stop (laughs) oh there's a cat in here Volume wise, the rental that I had from YouTube, the volume was all over the place. Yeah. I had to keep turning it way up, up and, and then down. way down. Yeah, and like halfway through the movie, the whole thing got quieter. I know. And I was like casting it to my TV and I couldn't figure out how to put the captions on. And grandma needs captions because shit, especially if I have snacks. Like, forget it. Oh, yeah, the crunchy? Oh, my God. You can't hear over the crunching? Never. What are you going to have during the movie? Soup? Come on. I'll save the kids on your cup. <laughs> I'm embracing it. You just gotta it's, run with it. It's, it's good. good. I like it. <laughs> this has been a Movie John podcast.